before we jump into the message today, I'd like for us to uh, take a moment to pray. So would you join me in, in prayer as we bow our heads and close our eyes? Father, we thank you so much for this time where we get to celebrate the resurrection, your resurrection, that you have overcome the grave from death to life. We thank you for this wonderful truth that we each get to experience in the renewed life that we have through you. I pray, Lord, that as we continue in our worship service now, that we would have ears to hear the words that you are speaking into our lives and eyes to see what you are doing. We're so grateful, Father, for who you are and what you've accomplished. We ask these things in Jesus' precious holy name. We said, Amen. Amen. I have a confession to make to each of you today. It's hard to preach a resurrection service for me. I know that might sound strange. It's kind of what pastors are supposed to be really good at, right? Proclaiming the gospel and being able to celebrate Easter. And, it, it, and Easter is kind of like the Super Bowl at church, right? <laughs> It's our biggest, most exciting day where we get to proclaim the truth of Christ. In reality, if Jesus did not rise from the grave, then what, what's the reason for doing all of this? There really isn't a reason. But the reason why I think sometimes it's so difficult for me to, to, to preach an Easter message isn't because I don't want to, or isn't it because it's not because I'm not excited to, but it's how do you encapsulate the majesty, the power, the, the, the conquering Savior that is able to put an end to death and literally bring forth life into the whole entire world, the one who conquered sin. Every single word I speak, every attempt that I make to encapsulate that, to, to proclaim that is going to fall short in some ways for the powerful truth that that is. So as much as I'm excited to, to preach today, I, I in some ways realize that, that the best message I could ever preach would still fall short for how awesome it is that He is risen. It is a wonderful truth that we What is going on here is, is, is Jesus is being crucified. To take you back to this moment, he would have been tortured and flogged and beaten and ridiculed and, 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 and brought forth to carry 2,000 feet up until getting nailed on a cross and then hung to be publicly ridiculed before everyone else. It would have been a terrible sight to see. And in Scripture, in Luke 23, 33, it says that they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. 
And despite all of this ridicule, despite all of these things that are going on around him, I want you to, to take a notice of what he says in the midst of, of, of his struggle here. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. I want to take a moment here and pause in this scripture, because I think this moment, it really shows us the kind of Lord that we follow, that in the midst of his greatest pain and suffering, he would still pray for all of those around him. You see, you might not know this, but when a man was, was crucified, the instrument of torture that they would use in this cross, they would have them hang on it and make sure that their arms were uplifted and their chest out so that in order to speak, he would literally have to put his weight on his feet and lift up his body in order to breathe. So he would even in this moment exercise just great love and allow himself to feel the pain of his crucifixion even more in order to pray for those that are literally ridiculing him and crucifying him. This prolonged suffering would happen for hours and hours, and he wouldn't just go through the physical suffering of this whole entire situation, but the emotional suffering of feeling the abandonment of so many people that a week earlier was, was praising out and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, are now saying, crucify him. The emotional toll that Jesus would have been feeling in this moment would also be added on by the fact that he is literally taking upon himself the weight of sin and the punishment of that. It was supposed to be directed towards us, but, but yet ends up being poured onto him. And it just would have been a terrible sight to see. In verse 35, it continues on in saying that the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him as they said, he saved others, let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, the chosen one, the soldiers also came up and mocked him and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. I can't help but think what it would have felt like in this moment to experience all these things, to literally see your own creation, not just disliking you, but hating everything about you. Can't imagine what it would have been like to, to have experienced that and then to realize that that, that your mother is also in the crowd. But this is the God that we serve. This is the Jesus that we celebrate, that, that even in the midst of his suffering, he still is focusing in on the individuals that have need, whether it be the life of the accusers or even his own mother that he calls over and talks to and asks one of his disciples to look at her and realize that, that he is now going to have to take care of his mother, that even on the cross in suffering, he's still loving people, protecting people, caring for his mother. There is nobody 
like Jesus. There is no other faith out there where God himself would subject himself to such a terrible moment of life. You see, as hard as it is to hear these things and to picture these things, this also paints a beautiful picture of the God that we serve. And what an amazing God at that. There was two criminals that were beside Jesus that day. And even they were hurling insults at him. Even they were, were, were uh, criticizing him and, and, and speaking against him. But even in the midst of that again, Jesus' great display of love changes the hearts of, of one of those criminals who begins to ask Jesus that he could join with him in the next life. You see, there's something amazing about the person of Jesus that when you see him doing what he does, you realize that he's holding on to something that we very rarely can grasp. I love what happens in this moment that that even as all of this is going on, that this criminal just realizes that, that, that they got it wrong and begins to, to ask Jesus for, for forgiveness and that he would hopefully remember him. And Jesus, again, allowing himself to feel the pain of the cross, lifts up his body to say, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. He made sure that in the last moments of his life that he would offer comfort, that he would offer prayer, that he would offer a sense of reassurance to this man and, and accept this man's prayers of repentance in the failures of his own life. What an amazing God. And it's in these last moments that Scripture tells us that he gives up his spirit. You see, but the story doesn't end there. No, not at all. You see, the, while the world around him believed that they were putting an end to Jesus and all that he represented, they were actually amplifying his mission, that the cross would now become, for, be transformed from an instrument of torture to an instrument of blessing. That this very symbol here would now be a symbol of hope. You see, this symbol stood as a symbol of pain throughout the whole entire world. But Jesus would turn this symbol into a symbol of hope that even today we look at this and we're reminded of the great love. We're reminded of the hope that we can have in Christ. Three days later... On Sunday, we would see evidence of this as Jesus' disciples, the, the women, come to the tomb to be able to um, 
prepare it and bless it and, 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 and do the rituals of practice that they typically do to only end up finding an empty tomb there. See, Jesus overcame it all. I love what G.K. Chesterton writes. He says that on the third day, the friends of Christ coming at daybreak to place found the grave empty and the stone rolled away. In varying ways, they realized the new wonder, but even the hard, but they hardly realized that the world had died in the night. What they were looking at was the first day of a new creation with a new heaven and earth. And in a semblance of the gardener, God walked in the garden garden in the cool of night of the evening but the dawn what does that mean it means that for the first time in the history of the world there would be a new day a new creation and just as adam and eve failed in the garden and came from life to death jesus was now moving death back to life again And it's because of that that we celebrate, church. Because we realize that even, in the, even though that, that, that Christ had to go through great pain, that he did that for every single one of us here so that if any moment of your life that you're feeling burdened, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling like the weight of your life is just pounding down on you, Christ came to be able to lift that burden, to be able to offer the reconciliation, the hope, the forgiveness that each and, uh, each and every single one of us so desperately desire. You see, he flipped the script. He changed the outcome. He made a way for each and every single one of us. Probably one of the most powerful points Amen? Death has lost its sting. Malcolm Mugridge said this, Jesus audaciously abolished death, transforming it from a door that slammed to into one that opened to whoever knocked. He made death for a Christian, a beginning, not an end. It was the key to life. To die was to live. Today's message was meant to, to talk about and to look at the man between two crosses, which is Jesus. But the truth is, is that we also need to realize that there was two men surrounding Jesus, right? That ultimately one of those, one of those men denied him while the other one recognized him and put his faith in him. And very often that is the same circumstances of our life, right? 
where we either walk a road in resistance to God, where we try to figure out things on our own, where we try to, 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 to solve our own problems and pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, or the, or the other person who takes the time to see God, to recognize Him, to humble ourselves in front of Him. And allow the grace of God to enter into our lives. Today's message is meant to remind you of this. To remind you of the fact that Jesus wants to radically transform any area of your life that you feel like is dead. That's what the gospel can do. That's what Jesus was able to accomplish in the cross. That he was able to bring forth love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. And he was able to bring this to each of us. So if that is something you desire, if that is something you feel like you are lacking in, if you are carrying a weight on yourself of hurt or pain or whatever it might be, then today is the day to take hope because today is the day that we proclaim louder than ever that Christ has overcome these things and that through him we too get to overcome. This is the death to life reality that we talk about and see in Scripture. God is calling each and every single one of us to experience that rich, rich life. Because God is good at taking broken things, things that you might believe could never be fixed, and making them whole again. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the truths of Easter. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you did on that cross. We thank you that that, that was a display of your great love, but that it didn't stop there, that you were able to overcome the grave. Father, I pray that this moment wouldn't be lost on any one of us. That whether we consider ourselves a veteran of the faith or whether we've never had faith in Christ at all, I pray, Lord, that right now we would take this opportunity to be able to open ourselves up to you. To allow you to do what you do. To bring life to every area of our life that needs it. Father, if there's anybody here today that needs to hear that, and I know in reality everyone does, I pray that we would use this moment for you to speak to us and for us to humbly open our arms to you. 
We thank you, Lord. We praise you. And it's in your wondrous, glorious, powerful resurrection name that we pray. Amen.